How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined. It's, it's hashtag the return. Although, don't... And I broke my own rule. I don't like saying hashtag out loud. But Harrison is back. Uh, Harrison, you took a... You know, not everybody can afford to just take random vacations in the middle of, you know, a work season. But you got to do that, and uh, you got a week off. How did that week off of what I'm sure was just nothing but relaxation, maybe a couple spa days, the random you know trip to a casino to to get after it, as you know you know as you've been known to do. How how did the, the this past week treat you? So all of that was fake news. I have <laughs> I I spent all of last week. I think I averaged about four hours of sleep a night. Uh, That's helping a lot out. of casino trips exactly helping out with calm week at cal state fullerton so and participating in it and i was very busy and i was going to say that i appreciate you holding it down for me and making it my subtraction an addition to the show by getting such good guests but you were kind of messed up in the way that you just continually were telling people you had no idea where i was that was a little hurtful especially when you knew i was editing the podcast oh you were streaking yeah, that was really nice of you to make that up about me. So yeah, I mean it's it's uh I wish I could say it's good to be back, but you kind of ruined that. But uh, you have to actually address me as award-winning journalist Harrison Fagan now. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to you as award-winning streaker Harrison Fagan. That works too. <laughs> All right, so today's show <laughs> we're off. We to are a going to talk about start. the Lakers. Yeah, we're actually. off to a great start. Uh, but. There's a there's I don't know if you guys have heard, but this this Paul George character keeps on popping up across Laker fans timelines for a very good reason. And we are going to talk about that reason. And the second round of the playoffs are are they all are yeah, they are underway. The Celtics and Wizards played their first game and the first round of the NBA playoffs are completely behind us. So we are going to talk about the impact that some of those games or those some of those series outcomes might have on the Lakers. So interesting show going for us today. We are back on a, on a Monday. We are going to try to you know keep to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. I am sorry to everybody for uh, the the you know kind of jumbled schedule that we went through last week, but I would hope that you know that was a decent trade off considering the people that were also on the show. So. As always, make sure you're following the show on Audioboom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. 
Make sure you're using the promo code LOLakers on the first purchase using the application to get $20 back. Uh, it's the easiest, fastest, and smartest way to buy tickets online. More on that in a second. Let's talk about Paul George, though, uh, Harrison. So you had, obviously, a very busy week. Uh, you were kind of watching from afar. How, what was it? I, I guess first, let's start here. What was it like to kind of just like get closer to just being a fan and watching these rumors kind of, you know, kind of come in as, as they did? Um. I don't know that I was necessarily watching as a fan, but I mean, seeing the stuff filter through the way it's been, I, I don't know. I just, I thought the phrasing of the intro of the latest report from Sam Amick of USA Today that Paul George, I mean, he, he reused his own phrasing from his first report where he said that Paul George was hell bent on getting the Lakers. Now it's Paul George is still hell bent on joining the Lakers. So like the fact that the phrasing is this specific, like, Paul George has got to be walking around Indiana telling people, like, using the words hell-bent, right? <laughs> or, like, saying something like, I'm going to get to Los Angeles, hell or high water. Yeah, just all kinds of different iterations of that. Uh, I, it was, I think it I mean, he what also he added saying to it. To make it this strong. Well, he like, also the, added to it, like, maybe more so than ever, right? Like, that was the next yeah. phrase that followed it, right? So. So I, I guess let's let's do this. So evidently their sweep at the hands of the Cavs did not convince him to stay. <laughs> Neither did Larry Bird stepping down. Nope. Um, so let's let's recap really quickly. For those who have been living under a rock, the at the trade deadline, Paul George was not thrilled about his name coming up in trade rumors, so that wasn't great. The last couple of years I went I think it technically speaking, it all started back when his leg uh turned into an L. And now he's intent on giving the Pacers their their next L, um, so he he winds up out for basically a year. In that year, they break up what was a team that made it to the Eastern Conference and made LeBron sweat, if I remember correctly. Right, that was a pretty good series between the Pacers and the Heat back then. Well, LeBron is sweating by like tip off. That's a fair point. And and then there's the camp. The the, the oh, you mean like issue. figuratively? Yeah. But uh, so you, you had all that going on, and and the last couple of years the Pacers have been kind of stuck in reverse. They aren't getting better around him, and he has said that you know his preference would be to win a title in Indiana. Um, but it you know if the if the Pacers aren't able to put a title contending team around him, which honestly is debatable, right? Especially if he qualifies, excuse me, for that supermax deal. If he qualifies for that deal. And he's taking up almost half of your cap single-handedly. I don't know if you actually can put together a title-contending team around him. So he kind of has that choice. You'd to have make. to be like Golden State and get lucky on some bargains on other superstars like Curry. Yeah, and it's going to be really hard to do that with the way the cap is going in in today's NBA. Right? There's so much money going around that bargains might be kind of tough to come by. Yeah, I mean, you just basically you have to like you have to get really lucky with a guy who nobody's expecting to be this transcendent guy becoming that. Right. I mean, like maybe Miles Turner becomes Draymond crossed with Kevin Durant crossed with Iguodala. Shaq with a jump shot. Yeah. So uh, the Pacers have have not gotten better. He has gotten all the more frustrated, publicly crapping on his own teammates. I think C.J. Miles took a game or attempted a game winner. And Paul George said that he has to take that shot. 
So that probably wasn't the greatest look. He got, hey, he got that shot at the end of game four, and he showed everybody why he wanted it. And by that, I mean he bricked it, like, horribly. I, I don't think he touched anything. Like, I, yeah. You, you can't even call it a brick. It was it was just whoosh. So they, uh, they, they float his name, or his name comes up in trade rumors. He wasn't thrilled about that. And, you know, now they, they get swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers. So at the trade deadline, he said he was hell-bent on, on coming to the Lakers. There was a report by, oh, his name is eluding me again. But he said that old teammates have said that Paul George was in the locker room talking about going to the Lakers eventually too, uh, which would basically make him the worst teammate in the history of I mean, that's amazing. You yeah. got to You got to respect that. Like, <laughs> like way, way to go, Paul George. <laughs> it's like... I, I, you, this analogy is probably going to freak people out again, but I'm married. I would be a little nervous if Jen just openly campaigned for if Brad Pitt ever shows any interest whatsoever. I'm a goner, right? Like that. I wouldn't be thrilled uh, hearing that, even if it is realistic. Uh, I wouldn't be thrilled hearing that. So that wasn't a great look. And and then now this is the hellbent times two here with Sam Emick reporting this then and now maybe more so than ever so and then on our own show matt moore said that the lakers probably have a better than 50 percent chance of getting him now right there's a the the the, uh percentage of the of him eventually becoming a laker is higher than 50 percent so there's a crap ton of smoke billowing around this story here and when there's smoke there's fire and i've been using that quite a bit lately now that i kind of think about it uh Harrison, what number will Paul George wear on the Lakers? I I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm still a little flabbergasted at that marriage analogy you just made again. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think probably wait, he can't wear 13, right? Because it's retired. Yeah, it was wilt. Yeah, so I don't know. But that's that's interesting. I, I mean, three? I, I think if you're, I think, huh? Is three available? Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. I I think I think I think if you're the Lakers, you gotta. I think you gotta start the negotiating with them. At, hey, you can have any of our numbers that aren't retired. Yeah. We'll make whatever player that is on the roster give up their number if you want that one. Well, his nickname was PG thirteen. Do you think he just puts an R on the back of his jersey? Yeah, he's now rated R for explicit <laughs> highlights. <laughs> I'm down with it. Uh, let's talk really quickly about SeatGeek, and then on the backside of this of this uh, break, we're going to talk about whether the Lakers should maybe trade for him now, the effect of, of, of this Cavs series, and, and others from around the playoffs so far. So let's talk about SeatGeek really quickly, though. Um, as always, I like to start here because, honestly, loyalty is a big thing, uh, especially after having given that analogy I just gave. But loyalty is a big thing uh, to me, and, and SeatGeek has supported us every step along the way, and we've greatly, greatly appreciated that. SeatGeek is a tremendous product. I'm, I've used it. I'm getting ready to use it again this next week when we go to a Dodger game pretty soon. And we You went... might be SeatGeek's number one customer in the L.A. area. I'm I, starting to learn. I love I love going to games, like going to go, especially baseball. You, you baseball are hell-bent on using SeatGeek. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I like to support Maybe now so more than us. ever. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I, love, I love the deal score. We went to a game at uh, Angel Stadium, and I've been there before and stuff, but I we always tend to sit in that kind of right field patio kind of area 
Uh, we tried to we tried out something different, but it turns out that's just a really good area to to get seats. You have Mike Trout playing defense kind of right in front of you, depending on where in that in that section that you're sitting. So we use SeatGeek there. Uh, we're going to use SeatGeek again for for Dodgers games here in the next you know week or so, a couple weeks. So it's it's a great product. Harrison, what's your favorite aspect of of SeatGeek? My favorite aspect is either the deal score because it lets me know if I'm getting a good deal or the deal alert, the price alerts that you can set up because it allows me to figure out, you know, what a good deal is or what I'm willing to pay and then get alerted when the seats are at that price. And you can do it all right on your cell phone. It's really easy to buy via mobile. And I am also hell bent on using SeatGeek. I am as hell bent on using SeatGeek as Paul George is on getting to the Lakers. There you go. So, uh, again, use the promo code LOLakers on your first purchase using the application uh, or the online site. Go to SeatGeek.com if, if that's easier for you as well. Uh, you can use that promo code. Get $20 back off of your first purchase. Tell your friends, and they get $20 off of their first purchase using SeatGeek. Uh, honestly, it's crazy to me that people would be using their first purchase on SeatGeek, but... For those of you who haven't used it yet, I'm telling you, it is it is a great way to buy the tickets. So let's and keep- hey, you know, or you know, we were talking about Paul George was saying that he want he was telling teammates in the locker room and stuff and stuff that he wanted to end up on the Lakers, and you were saying that that was a bad move from a teammate. Well, you know, Paul George, if you're listening to the show, a good move that you could do to make up for that is you know take your teammates' phones and buy them some nice tickets on SeatGeek and use that promo code, save them some money. Yeah, it could make up for it. You could also go to uh, playoff games out here in the great. No, you can't go to playoff games here in the Los Angeles area. That's too bad. Yeah, Clippers are eliminated. Cover up that with a banner. How Clippers was it of them to go into Utah, win game six, then come You knew that was going to happen. It wouldn't be Clippers if it wasn't like a total gut punch in front of their home fans. It's such... It's incredible. They had to make them think that there was a chance one more time and then take the shot. I have to ask fans. Like, I ask myself this all the time because I'm a Vikings fan. Like, why the hell do I stick around? Clippers fans, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say being contrarian. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. Like, I I, I really am because, like I said, I'm a Vikings fan, and it's, it's about as torturous as it gets in terms of rooting for a team. But, like... I don't know. I mean, at least my excuse before was there wasn't a team in L.A. Now there is. there are two teams in L.A. One is the Chargers and one is the Rams. You neither, still got an excuse. Well, yeah, neither neither are very good like professional <laughs> professional football teams. Shouts to the Rams for getting the, the worst grade on, on Mel Kuyper's draft grades uh, this, this past week. So Anyway. Anyway. Paul George. Paul George. Knowing all, do you the- th- do you think he's coming? Do you think he's actually coming? Like, does this more smoke? Do the way that Indiana's put season ended, I mean, does that make? Does it really? Like, are you locked in? Do you think this is really happening at this point, or is this more just Paul George's camp trying to really pressure Indiana into making some potentially short-sighted moves to get him near-term help? I think there's a little bit of both going on. I think. Oh, usually I'm the little bit of both guy. That's you today. I I think there's a little bit of both going on, but I would also say that I can't remember a situation like even Mello. Like when he said he wanted to play in New York, I don't. And maybe it's because there was just less coverage back then. But I don't remember it being this overt. 
<laughs> where it's this obvious of of Paul George's potential intentions here. And I'm going to go ahead and have to fact check you there. I, it was pretty obvious Melo only wanted New York. Oh no, he we knew he wanted New York, but it it seemed like he was willing to wait. Right, which made it even weirder that New York gave up all those assets for. Him. No, I don't I don't think he was willing to wait. He wanted the most money possible. That was out there uh, like a bit, you know, if it got to free agency, there was no guarantee he would sign with New York. Huh. Oh, okay then. Well, then I think it's been it's been a while, but that was just as transparent if not more than this. I actually I'd argue that was more transparent than this. I'm pretty sure Melo gave interviews where he acknowledged that he wanted to end up on the Knicks. I hope that happens with George. His his exit interviews happen already. So right? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, what's the what's the worst that could happen if he's decided that he doesn't want to stay in Indiana no matter what? Which I guess maybe that isn't a given. Maybe he hasn't decided that yet. But if he does get to the <laughs> excuse me, if he does get to the point where he's just like, I want to end up in L.A., then why not just come out? Uh, why not just call up a local reporter and be like, hey, I got the scoop of the century for you and just like give him a one on one where he just says, yeah, you know, I've dreamed about wearing a Laker jersey since since watching Kobe as a kid. You know, what's uh, you know, what's cool about this show is that we are a couple reporters. So if, you know, Paul George yeah, wants Paul to George, if you're listening, call into the show. We can have you on to discuss, you know, what jersey number you want to wear yeah. and stuff like that. Go ahead and, and send me your Skype information, uh, Paul. That's uh, LakersLockedOn at gmail.com if you're, if you're <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing too here, so so the reason I think it, it could be a little bit of both is like he gave – he said, you know, it went after the game, uh, after the, the, the Pacers were eliminated, he kind of he, – he did the whole, you know, I'm not ready to talk about free agency. I'm just not there, man. And it was right after the game. Uh that to me tells like he he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would fly off the handle and just let this rip right who would just tell who would tell any reporter who would listen yeah actually i really want to be on the lakers no he's apparently leaving that to his camp right and and i mean there are there are like there do exist in the nba very uh very immature camps is is how i'll put it right where camps that like you it's hard to control people who are in your in your circle uh who are in your inner circle from saying anything that you don't necessarily want out there so yeah i mean we all have those friends that are gossips and so i wouldn't i mean you know everybody has those friends yeah so i and and the fact that this is similar phrasing here the exact same phrasing to be specific Tells me Still that hell bent. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It, it just it tells me that maybe there is somebody like a member of Paul George's camp who is just who loves the attention and 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 may possibly have these conversations with Paul George after the fact. But you know we'll see. I, it's just if you had to if you had to bet one way or the other, we won't put your life on it, but we'll put say six months salary on on whether or not you think it's coming from paul george's camp with the purpose of forcing their way to paul you know to uh los angeles or forcing indiana's hand and getting george some help which way would you go i'd say it's more likely that it's trying to get him to los angeles because just just for the sheer fact that there aren't that many avenues for the pacers to get paul george some help yeah and I mean, if they want to trade Miles Turner, like, sure, he he's he's promising, but how much are you really getting for just him? And they don't really have much else. 
I mean, you could trade you know what Lance I mean? Stevenson. Huh. Yeah, but he, he only plays like real Lance Stevenson when he's in Indiana. <laughs> I... It's tough. I I want to say that I really want to believe that it's Paul George trying to force his way to Los Angeles, but these last four or five years have been so arduous that, man, it's it's tough to really get that that. Uh, no, and I, I said this. It. I said this on my last podcast appearance, like a month ago or whenever that was. That I, I just think that it, it's not real until it actually happens. That on this kind of stuff because you just can't believe it until it actually happens. Because there have been so many rumors every single year where it's like, oh, this guy, like a dark horse candidate for him could be the Lakers. He likes the bright lights. Da, 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 da. And then like when it gets free agency, it's like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and pass on a meeting. Yeah. And, and I'm not I'm not this is going to sound like me crapping on reporters, but there is no better way to get traffic for whichever platform you're, you're writing for or speaking for than Lakers trade rumors being in your headline. Right. Like superstar Lakers trade rumors being in your headline in some order is going to get you all kinds of attention here. And I, again, I'm not saying that that's the reason this is all going on, but there's a reason why we keep on getting the same type of, you know, the, the same cycle of rumor every year. Uh, you know, especially since Kobe's been on, you know, started his decline. Let's move on though, really quickly, unless you have anything else to add there. Nope, that about does it for me. All right, so let's let's move on really quickly. The last show that people listened to uh, was Darius and I talking about how far the Lakers are from playoff contention, and that was kind of a fun conversation. Uh, what I want to talk about here, though, is you know we saw this first round uh, play out the way it did. You had the Celtics beat the Bulls because Rondo got hurt and because that was just a really weird series. You saw Memphis, you know, they played San Antonio tougher than, you know, some might have thought. Uh, but, you know, once again, it's just another playoffs, you know, exit where you, you kind of find yourself reading or wondering, like, you know, how long are they really going to stick with this grit and grind thing? And now Zebo is a free agent. Mike Conley is a free agent. Or no, not Mike Conley. Uh, Tony Allen is a free agent. And nobody in that core is getting any younger. So you kind of wonder what's going on there. The Clippers, Clippers, like we talked about a little bit ago, they're really interesting because Chris Paul and Blake Griffin could both be free agents this year, and you know that the chemistry on that team has never been ideal, and it and it kind of sort of explains their almost inexplicable, their inexplicably consistent playoff exits. Uh, so that that you know is something to really watch. And, and no, so- I saw a stat tonight that they're the first team to blow a lead in the playoffs five years in a row. Yeah, it's it's in, that's that's incredible. phenomenal. That's the most Clippers stat ever. <laughs> and we already talked about Indianapolis or, or, or Indiana uh, losing to the Cavs the way they did. And my favorite thing that I kind of kept on seeing across Twitter while while this was going on was you know Indiana fans thinking to themselves like God, if we just don't make this one play, maybe we you know we sneak a game away from the series. And it's, you guys got swept. Man, you guys got swept and you coughed up a 26-point lead. It was by like 16 points, though, total. Sure, but nobody in their That's just history. fandom. I mean, everybody's yeah. going to think like one play here, one play there. I, I mean, that three that they had at the end of game one was a good shot. But this isn't this isn't like, you know, when the Lakers beat Orlando and Courtney Lee missed that layup, right? That really could have altered the way that series looked. 
This was a Cavs team that was better by a fair margin than the than the Pacers are and will probably continue to be better than the Pacers are. So like if I'm a Pacers fan, they they you know, do you want to continue on the the treadmill of mediocrity or do you kind of want to move on with with, you know, how and that's the same for all these teams, right? I love how you're talking them into giving up Paul George so they don't get on the treadmill of mediocrity and then like at the same time selling how he should end up on the Lakers. Well, I look, this is going to sound like it's, it probably is almost the definition of Lakers exceptionalism. But the Lakers have shown that when they get a superstar, they've figured out ways to let that, you know, to get that superstar to compete. Other than Dwight. I don't call Dwight. Dwight wasn't a superstar <laughs> when he was a Laker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was coming off injury. And he, but... and he hasn't been a superstar since, since right? So that's kind of spoken. He's very me. unhappy once again with how many post-ups he's getting. I, I'm just – I'm beginning to feel for the guy. I think the NBA is out to get him. He's There's such just a for whatever For whatever reason, none of his coaches across like the last like four years or five years have wanted to give him a bunch of post-ups. It's amazing. It's the weirdest thing. Like I, I can't it's believe – It's almost like he kind of sucks at it. <laughs> I can't believe coaches wouldn't line up to give him the ball so that he can travel, throw his shoulders into a defender, and throw some – shot that's best summed up by calling it a seizure at the rim only to to watch that go back the other way and watch him pout and complain to the refs that he didn't get a foul call it's almost like people don't want to watch that yeah so you know like i I know we're going to talk about like the playoffs and the ramifications on the lakers but real quick career advice for dwight i just think like i think maybe maybe like d league or maybe like europe is the way to go you can get as many post touches as you want You'll you'll be far and away above the 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 rest of the caliber of players, most likely, and you'll probably get to like have the entire team built around you at that level. Do you think Dwight plays NBA two K and just throws the ball to himself <laughs> for every possession? Yeah, probably. <laughs> he just... <laughs> and he probably like turn Dwight probably turns the sliders all the way up so that he can like he he's all and turns them all the way down for his opponents so that he and, can just be a winner. And then he tells his friends like, "See, man, I'm telling you guys, I should get the ball more." <laughs> you enjoyed will, that way too much. I will never not enjoy shitting on Dwight Howard. All right. Oh. <laughs> so, so anyway, the way that the playoffs shook out. How does this affect the Lakers? I think is where we were trying to go. That's what we were gonna. It's go. late while we're recording this. We're both tired. I apologize to everyone. We're trying our best here. Yeah, and and look, it's the Lakers offseason, so we're gonna wander a little bit. But uh, of those teams that I mentioned, we already talked about Indiana and Paul George being hell bent times two coming to the Lakers. Uh, but of those teams that I mentioned, Memphis, the Clippers, and Chicago, which of those three teams would you say, looking at their situation right now, would you say, guys, enough is enough? It's time to see what you know. What else you could do with a different core? You know, I'd say, I'd say the Clippers, if for only because not because they're the worst of the bunch or the most mediocre of the bunch or anything like that. I actually think that they're probably the best team out of those three. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just easiest for them to blow it up. I just think that for Memphis, it's kind of tough right now with how much money. They have committed to Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, and the corpse of Chandler Parsons. And, you know, like, I think it's hard for them to just say, like, hey, we don't want you anymore to Zebo and Tony Allen. 
But for the Clippers, they have Paul and Blake as a free agent, and they can kind of be in Doc Rivers. There's those rumors that he might go back to Orlando, and they could possibly just say, like, oh, well, we had to blow it up. That's, uh, you know, there we go. Like, it's not like that team is universally beloved or something within the local market, and they couldn't just get away with trying to go in a different direction. I don't think anybody and, would honestly care. And, like, Chicago, I mean, of course they're going to kind of go in a different direction to a degree because when your core is – Dwayne Wade, who can opt out this summer and probably will, and Rondo, who like might come back, might not, you know, and Jimmy Butler, then you know you, you're kind of going to have to retool that. Yeah, I, I would agree. So the other the other point that I have to make here on on the Clippers is if they do want to continue to roll this out, you know, under the same core, it would cost them. I think it's close to forty six million dollars in in Chris Paul's. 30, age 36 season hey that paying a guy that much money when they're 36 or 37 worked out really well for the lakers except for that like not at all well like that's the funny and thing even kobe that, wasn't making that much money that's what all that's almost what kobe made for the two years yeah i mean different <laughs> cap but yeah that's crazy that's 46 insane. million dollars what a time to be alive right and and so you know and congrats like way to go chris like you <laughs> yeah hey good of- for chris paul if he gets that well, he's the head of the players union. Like you have to wonder if that was going on, like with his negotiation tactics with the uh, under under that role. But uh, I just if you're if you're the Clippers, and look, the other thing to take into account here is that the Clippers have sucked for their entire franchise. They've had like one decent year, and they and they wound up blowing it. Like the Lakers and Clippers could have played in the. Uh, in the in the same playoffs, right? Had the Lakers beaten the Suns, and I think the Clippers did win their series. So. That was when the Lakers. That was that year that the Lakers blew the three one lead before it was cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And let's not talk about that, Tim Thomas. But uh, if 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 you're a or if you're a Clipper fan, you've rooted for this team, and they they haven't been you know good for all of your life, and you kind of just you know, do you want to ride this out? Do you want to just you know, see what these guys can do. You know, going into every year, you probably don't have a chance at winning a title, but at least you'll probably be in the playoffs, and you will almost definitely exit those playoffs in humiliating and public fashion. But at least you know what you're getting yourself into every year. Whereas if you if you start this rebuild, if you just if you, you know if you, if you don't offer Chris Paul that crazy deal, if you if Blake Griffin signs elsewhere and you wind up trading DeAndre Jordan, there's no guarantee that the pieces that you get back will ever get you a core, or you know the core that you get from those pieces will ever be anywhere near as good as this current core is, or as good as this core, current core will be as they decline even, right? Because you're the Clippers and they, they never do anything right. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing is certain in life. Right, so uh, I, I guess if for, I, I, I would... I think the smart move is to, you know, to blow it up or or let it get blown up, right? Cuz Chris Paul basically has his finger on the button, you know, here. He could just say, "Hey, I don't want this, you know, don't offer me this contract. Uh, I'm going elsewhere," right? Or Blake Griffin can say, "I don't even care about the additional year that you guys could offer me. I'm going elsewhere. I don't want to to have Chris Paul yell at me for the rest of my career in the NBA." Right. So those two guys, they they basically have their finger on the trigger here and they could both say, all right, enough is enough. We're both moving on or one of us is moving on and best of luck for you guys finding a replacement for me. Right. Um, So so, you know, to that extent, 
the Clippers don't really have their decision to make for them. For Memphis, you know, if they try to blow it up, uh, sure, you let Zebo walk, and sure, you let Tony Allen walk, but you still do have really good players in Mike Conley and Marc Gasol. There's no guarantee, again, that if you try to trade those guys, that the assets you get back in return will ever result in two players that are ever as good as those two guys, right? Yeah, or, or again, and I think this is important in a market like Memphis as beloved. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and that's the other factor here is for, you know, for the Indy, Indiana-type franchise, for the Memphis-type franchise, and, and as crazy as it sounds, even for a Clippers-type franchise— bottoming out could lose you fans for for quite some time right you have you know it's not like the lakers we have generation upon generation of of crazy fandom to where the lakers did bottom out but their brand contrary to what you heard or read all over the place as they bottomed out didn't really take that crazy of a hit you look at the the games that the lakers played during the you know no i I, it's honestly it's made fans more determined to show how diehard they are it's crazy yeah and but but the the, whereas like the clippers like the three fans that they picked up during the big three era are probably going to leave if they bought them out (laughs) they'll they'll return their clippers merchandise and get their old lakers merchandise that'd be fun like that'd be a get their kobe jerseys back out of the back of their closet like that that'd be a fun business to run though, right? Like you can loan out fan gear based on how popular the team is and then, you know, they can return it for, you know, their original fan gear. That'd be kind of interesting. That that business would do very well in parts of LA. Very well. And in Oakland, interestingly yeah, enough. Oakland too. Um so and then and then Chicago, I don't think you should trade. I don't think they should trade Jimmy Butler. He's under I don't think they have a ton of incentive to yeah. unless they were getting back like like if the Lakers offered them like Ingram, Russell and the pick or something, then of course they should trade Jimmy Butler. But like unless you're getting a crazy offer like that, then I don't see the point. And they shed they shed the uh, Taj Gibson salary, right? That was kind of yeah. that was kind of a big one and they you know, Joe Kim Noah is no longer on the books. They shed Derrick Rose before the year. Uh, Wade and Rondo, I, I, if I were the Bulls, I would ask them not to come back. But I do think they have enough assets. You know, they aren't they aren't great assets. They they maybe might not even be good assets, but they might be the kind of thing you can convince another team. Hey, give us a bad contract. Here's this middling uh, asset. Here's Cameron Payne. Uh, he sucks, and I've never seen him make a shot. But just give us this really bad contract, and and we'll continue to try to compete with Jimmy Butler as our main guy. Are you there? What? Sorry. What? No, I'm saying I'm saying Chicago. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty easy for them to continue forward and and continue yeah, to compete sure. around Jimmy Butler. Um. Yeah. So where does this leave the Lakers? I mean, I would I guess I wouldn't say easy, but I mean it's easy for them to compete for playoff spots, which seems to be all that Chicago really cares about anyway. Yeah, they're they're it's great. They're in a big market, but they operate like a small market team. It's it's kind of insane. They're owners i wouldn't be thrilled to be a chicago bulls fan under that ownership yep uh so let's talk about i mean we said we were going to talk about what this all means for the lakers and you know if if the you know grizzlies or chicago or we already know indiana the situation they're in but like if you're the lakers do you look at a blake griffin do you look at maybe you know sending a couple pieces out if the clippers do blow it up 
and try to get back a DeAndre Jordan, right? Who I think DeAndre Jordan and D'Angelo Russell would be a very fun pick and roll combination, right? If and I don't think it would cost either D'Angelo Russell or Brandon Ingram. That's kind of the he's a he's a borderline all star who, you know, Genie and and Magic and Rob could sell to the to the fan base and say, Hey guys, we got this big shiny rim protecting crazy dunk throwing down center like yeah, hey, enjoy this you know uh so i i think that's the kind of trade with the the lakers could maybe talk themselves into uh in terms of i guess what's i up? guess the only flaw that i'd find there is that i don't know if the clippers if they keep this current management are going to be looking for the types of assets that the lakers could give up for deandre jordan because they're going to be wanting to win now you think uh, only if they decide to blow it up. But like if Doc's still there, they aren't trading DeAndre Jordan for Lakers young guy Pat Poo Poo Platter X. Well, Doc might just trade DeAndre Jordan for like X old <laughs> Eastern Conference All Star. Trade him for Joe Johnson and Boris Diaw. <laughs> they lit us up last year, guys. We don't have to guard them if they're on our team. What was their What was their catchphrase this year? Every piece matters, or it takes everything. <laughs> yeah. It takes all kinds of crappy ex-Eastern Conference All-Stars. Doc Rivers might be the worst GM in the league. He might be up there. I mean, to, I guess Rob Hennigan isn't employed anymore, but he did have Lou Aldang as a potential trade target. So, <laughs> Yeah, Doc Rivers took over that mantle and then might go to Orlando. Like, <laughs> Congratulations, Orlando. Enjoy. Upgrade. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's... So, from Memphis's standpoint, then, do you think the Lakers have you know the assets it would take to to sway them if they do cho- choose to go in a different direction? Uh, you know, do they take on a, a Marcus Hall or a Mike Conley? I don't think they do necessarily. I think, like I said, I think it's tough for Memphis to blow it up. I think if they were going to blow it up, I think the Lakers have like the type of package of young guys that would interest them for one of those guys. But uh, at the same time, if you're the Lakers, I don't know where that's getting you. I don't know if that's the best move. Yeah. That, that Conley contract, it might be an albatross. Well, and not even just that, but like, like those guys have already shown that together, like they aren't enough to like get you anywhere past, like necessarily past the first round. And so is it worth giving up all of your young core for that? I mean, I think there's just like, a lot of people think that the Lakers need to get good again right away, and I just don't know that that's the case. I don't know if that's the best way to build their team. I agree, and that was the topic of conversation with with Matt Moore. I I guess for me, what I so I wanted to clear this up. When I throw these trade ideas out there, they're things that I could maybe try to talk myself into, right? Because I I do think some kind of weird move is happening where the new Lakers quote unquote ownership. And new front office can say, guys, look, we made this big splash, you know, or we made a splash. Now, would that splash come in the form of a belly flop? Maybe. But belly flops make a splash. They do make splashes and they hurt, but they they do make uh, splashes. Hey, the the Lakers say what you will about the last regime. They made a splash with that Mozgov and those Mozgov and Dang signings. They that was the kind of belly flop that you like you come up and you throw up afterward. (laughs) um all right so that i anything and then the the chicago thing do any of the chicago you know their younger pieces their middling pieces do any of those guys interest you at all not particularly same so 
to summarize all this up then how would you say or what impact would you say this this playoffs have had on on the lakers intentions moving forward well this is going to make it seem like we could have stopped the podcast 20 minutes ago but i think only really on the george situation because he's the one that there's a chance he might come in free agency and i think that this loss to lebron might have made that more likely because I I don't imagine that he's going to make first team this year all NBA and so I think that there's going to be considerable pressure on the Pacers to trade him you know and or risk possibly lose him for nothing next the following summer and maybe solidify in George's mind at the same time this loss that he needs to go somewhere else yeah and Here's here's a way that I think this does impact, or the way all these play out, these, these series played out, does impact the Lakers. The Lakers are going to have some cap space this year, right? And if teams have, like, there's a such thing as a player who's on a bad contract, but could still be a useful player, right? Now, you can go through the trade machine, you can find whatever example you want to find, but the Lakers do have cap space this year. And if some team says, hey, we are trying to clear room or align ourselves to be able to make a run at a Chris Paul or a Blake Griffin in free agency, would you take X asset, whether it's a first round pick, a future first, a high second, whatever it might be, and this contract so that we have enough room to be able to position ourselves for Chris Paul? That's something that the Lakers, you know... If it was only a one-year deal, then sure. But I wouldn't jeopardize the 2018 cap space any more than they need to. No, I I agree. And the Lakers Lakers have their priorities this year, right? And it sounds like, you know, they're open to everything. But I do think they still value flexibility. So, but if if that type of move comes up, and it's because Chris Paul says, all right, I've had enough of being a Clipper. Or if it's Blake Griffin saying, I've had enough of having this 510 uh crazy person scream at me 82 games or m- even more cuz they play in the playoffs uh but only you know no more than 7 games usually in the playoffs yeah if you're if you're you know if you're one of those teams that has you know just enough cap space to make a run at those guys but maybe needs to make another move and get rid of cap you know some of your immediate cap space that's where the lakers could kind of take advantage and you know they could lose their top three pick this year, and it, and it's it's actually more likely that they do that they keep it or then they keep it. So if they lose that first round pick, and such a deal comes up where they can acquire another first round pick uh, just for helping another team out, you know, in signing Blake Griffin. Who and by the way, I'm not on I'm not for signing Blake Griffin in free agency. His injury history scares the living bejesus out of me. I feel the same way. Uh, but if you're the Lakers and, and some team is convinced that Blake Griffin is the piece they need, then, you know, you, you, you that's the nice thing about, you know, the way they have set up their cap, despite the terrible belly flops that are Timothy Moskov and the Waldang. So that's how I think it affects them on top of the obvious here. That's probably Paul George. But yeah, that's probably the best way that they can use their cap space this summer is to take on some bad one year deal in exchange for an asset. And I know that that's not exciting. But I think if you want this team to build a sustainable chance of success moving forward, then I think that something like that is a better avenue to go than, hey, let's package these young guys and hope that this superstar that we get can draw other superstars. Think the, think the, the Jose Calderon trade. 
Like it's it's literally there's an example right there in front of you. you know, yeah. They, they they got the they they or were the able, Jeremy Lin trade. Yeah, all those good things. And and you look at the pieces that those guys uh, that those trades turned out to to give the Lakers, and you can kind of get some context as to why it's important that they take advantage whenever they can. Exactly. All right, that does it for this. You know, the return podcast of of Harrison and I. Uh, being here together, I believe Harrison. Can we t- can we count on you not going on some random vacation again this week? I am hoping to be here for the rest of this week for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. Make sure you're using the promo code LO Lakers to get twenty dollars back off of your first purchase using the application. SeatGeek is the fastest, smartest, and easiest way to buy tickets online. Make sure you're following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Enjoy the rest of your day. We will be back to talk to you again on Wednesday. All right. Thanks, Anthony.